The night that marks the beginning. That marks the beginning. Todd Gurley. Running back back. With the first pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Rams select Jared Goff. NFL Draft is tomorrow night in Nashville. What should our Rams do with a 31st pick? Travis Rogers and Rams Super Bowl champion DeMarco Farr bring you the answers tonight. This is the Rams All Access Pre-Draft Special. Live from the Palladium in Hollywood. Presented commercial free. Including interviews with Sean McVay and Les Snead. Hear from them on what the plan is inside the Rams War Room. The, the Rams, Rams All Access Pre-Draft Now inside the Palladium in Hollywood, here's Travis and DeMarco. Here we go again. Football season is almost here. The unofficial start of the 2019 season, DeMarco, the NFL Draft tomorrow night in Nashville. And I can't wait. It feels like just a couple of minutes ago we were in Atlanta watching the Super Bowl, but a new season's right here, right in front of us. Here we go again. We start again. You go for the draft, trying to figure out who's going to get picked and who's going to go where and whatnot. But you reload. You get ready for another season. It's so much fun. We talked about the Super Bowl hangover. I Mm -hmm. think that might be done, but... You know, look at all these fans. And everybody that's come up, come up to talk to us uh, before the show, they all want to know what happened in the Super Bowl. Yeah. What happened in the Super Bowl? Hey, look, it's over. Let's move on. Let's get on with this season. It was such an unusual ending to such a wonderful yeah. season. I yeah. mean, that, that everything that could have gone right felt like it did for most of the season. You go back to the NFC Championship game, they catch a break with a call towards the end of the game. It puts them in the Super Bowl, and it felt like everything was leading to that moment. And then, of course, the performance in the Super Bowl was not quite what anybody was expecting. Just to, like you said, the, the fans here, just kind of a weird Super Bowl. And I think it's still, I, I find myself, I like, what in the world did happen? And it's just yeah. that you and I were talking a little bit. Bill Belichick Belichick happened. happened. But, yeah. I mean, look, this is where you want to be. I mean, there's 30 other teams out there yep. that wish they could have a situation like this where you're coming off a Super Bowl uh, appearance at least and you have a young quarterback. You have Aaron Donald. You have Todd Gurley. You have a pretty good football team. So when you can go into the draft looking to reload or looking to deal to add picks, I mean, this is how the, the good teams live yes. in the National Football Yeah, League. no, this is the neighborhood that you want to live in. Absolutely. <laughs> this is the, the spot high dollar you want to be. District, yeah. You know, you, you were a Super Bowl champion. What is it like coming back after having had that kind of success? Because the Rams, under Sean McVay, since he's come in and been a coach of the team, they won back-to-back division championships. They're the defending conference champion after winning the NFC uh, last season. So coming in now, it is a little bit of a different dynamic. I mean, you're still looking for that Super Bowl, but you are the hunted. You're not yeah. the one that's going in there and, and saying, hey, let's see what we can do everyone's saying we need to beat the Rams well it's funny man I mean in every locker room no matter what the public knows whatever's driving you whatever brings you together it's just for that year and every single year you've got to find something else now you're good you're good enough to go out there and beat most teams but whatever's going to drive you to be better than what you are to play above your head to play for the guy next to you other than yourself you're going to have to start that year in and year out. I mean, that's going to start with the the first time you meet with your team, the first time the head coach addresses the football team, you know, a, as a unit. So you're going to have to find a new thing to come together on. Uh, in basketball, I mean, Pat Riley, when, when he won with the Heat, he had a bowl where he had everybody throw in stuff from their family, pictures, wallet, keys, all in. That was their mantra. Ours was got to go to work. Last year it was... It's it's we, not me. Well, this year it's going to have to be something new and something different, but 
everybody's going to have to buy in all over again and get started the right way. This is where culture comes in. And, yeah. and like you talked about, that any team in any given season, that's your one season. Guys leave, guys guys retire, guys get traded, guys go in different different directions. That's the way it goes. But the culture remains, and, and the culture has been right since Sean McVay got here. The, the culture is about winning. The culture is about accountability. The, the culture is about innovation and doing things the right way. And while maybe a body here or there is going to change, and maybe a coach here or there is going to change, the culture of McVay and the guys that do say, whether it's Goff, Gurley, Donald, the guys that you mentioned, those guys can kind of project that out to the rest of the guys, the new guys that do come in. I agree with you. I think the, I think the part of the culture or part of the, the aura of this football team is having fun. Yeah. I mean, it's fun and winning. It's fun scoring points. It's fun sacking the quarterback. It's fun getting to the Super Bowl. So I, I don't think that's going to change at all. So there's going to be some schematic changes. The bodies are going to change. The numbers are going to change. But for the most part, the same thing is there, the same dream, to be the best football team in the National Football League. I don't think they're going to back off one iota just because you lost in the Super Bowl. No. I mean, that, and it's they're in a weird spot. I mean, the last team... That from the NFC that lost the Super Bowl and went back the next year were the Minnesota Vikings in 1974. So it, 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 it's tough. I mean, and it, it's a weird dynamic because always when you go to the Super Bowl, the team wins the Super Bowl, you're the Super Bowl champions. It's the glow and you, everybody. But the team that loses the Super Bowl, it's always like, oh, what's wrong with them? Well, not much if yeah. you got to the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, you have to be a pretty darn good team to get there. So I wouldn't expect a bunch of wholesale changes. Obviously, the draft is coming up tomorrow. The Rams have seven picks in Nashville. Um, for the first time since they took Jared Goff number one overall, they're going to draft somebody in the first round. Maybe we'll see. Maybe they'll move out. Maybe they'll trade it. But they How much have money a you pick. Got? That I'll last take that year, bet. <laughs> yeah, last year they went in. Obviously had a first round pick. They traded for Brandon Cooks. Right. So they didn't pick last year. And the other years they traded away to go up and move up and get Jared Goff. But this is the first time that they're going to get an opportunity to select a player in the first round. You know, it's funny, man. I mean, I wonder who's going to be staring at them or who they're going to be looking at at 31 before they make those deals, if they do. Uh, what if it turns out to be Fant, the tight end from Iowa? Uh-huh. You know, a, a guy that runs a 4 or 5. Now, you know Sean McVay loves tight ends. Mm-hmm. He loves tight ends that can threaten the middle of the field. So if you have a guy like that, and I know this whole draft is supposed to be about defense, defense, defense. But if you have a can't-miss guy on offense that Sean McVay can use right away, wow, that's going to be a tough call. So it just depends on what guy is there at 31. And if you have four other guys you think you can get that are similar later on, trade the pick for more picks. Reload. You're listening to Rams All-Access Pre-Draft Special. DeMarco Farr and Travis Rogers here with you from the Hollywood Palladium. Les Sneed, the general manager of the Rams, he's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. Sean McVay is going to join us coming up later on in the hour. Robert Woods and John Johnson also scheduled to sit down and chat with us a little bit along the way. So, I mean, I guess this is a philosophical thing, and maybe one general manager does it differently than another. But We'll ask Les Sneed this question when he sits down here in a couple of minutes, but do you go in there saying, I got my board. Here are my 100 best players. I'm going to take the highest guy left on this board when it's my turn to pick. Or do you think, in the Rams, for instance, we've got two offensive line positions that we maybe need to field. Do I need to go look at an offensive lineman? Maybe i got that guy 35th on my board and I'm picking 31, but i got to take that guy because I already have a running back or a quarterback and i got to just stay away from that. If you've got a guy you love, if you've scouted him from, let's say, fall camp in college and then you watched him all the way through and, you like what you saw on film. And then you saw him at the, at the Senior Bowl, and you like the body language there. And then he backed it up with great combine work, and his interviews were great. If you've fallen in love with a guy and he's there for you, go ahead and make that pick, especially if it's a need. Uh, but I remember Dick Vermeil would tell us about the draft. If you go after a guy to have, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. But if you have done your research and it's 
let's say 80% of the room says, I agree, he's the right guy, uh, above the neck, below the below the waist, yada, 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 he fits in our scheme, then go ahead and take that guy. Don't try to get too cute. If he's not there, go ahead and trade the pick. Yeah, it, it, but that's the other thing, too, that especially when you're picking where the Rams are picking. The good news is you're in the Super Bowl. The bad news is you're picking 31st. So even in the first Belichick's round, done well with it. I was just going to say, <laughs> this sorry. is Bill Belichick, a guy <laughs> right. that moves out, that moves down, that collects mm-hmm. picks, that he'd rather have two later picks than one higher pick. It's, just, it's another one of those philosophical things that what do I want to do? Do I want to pick a bunch of times and increase my math and get a chance to get more good players with more picks? Or do I have – I want that guy right there. Wow. You know, if there was a, an interior defensive lineman, uh, a guy that you can plug and play that – slid down in the draft, and he's there. I mean, how can you say no to that? Mm-hmm. Now that you don't have Indomitian Sue next to Aaron Donald, I mean, that's a big need. If you have a, let's say, a swing guy, a, a new Joseph Noteboom, a guy that can play guard and tackle, well, think about it. Andrew Whitworth is 37. There's there's more behind than in front oh, for yeah. him. So at some point, you're going to have to replenish that spot, and you're thinking about paying Jared Goff huge money. You might want to invest in protection there. <laughs> so, I mean, if that guy is there and he's a premium talent, the second or third best tackle that happens to slide, you have to take that guy. You mentioned Andrew Whitworth. He was kind of on the fence going into the postseason last year about whether or not he's going to come back. He is going to come back, thank goodness, because very important part of what the Rams do offensively. Were you surprised by his decision to come back for another season? No, no, not the way it ended. Uh, going into that locker room and seeing those guys after the game, after they lost to New England, I mean, you can tell it's gnawing at this, especially seeing Witt win his first playoff game and see how emotional he was, and now he's in the Super Bowl, and then you come out with a loss. Well, he's not done. He's not ready to... To, to end on that. No one wants to end like that. So he's healthy. He takes care of himself. He can give you another year of football, he, of quality football. He's one of those guys that every time I see him, I'm like, well, that can't be real. Right. I mean, he's six foot seven. he's 330 pounds, and it's a lean 330 pounds. Like, I didn't know that such a thing existed. Did I tell you, uh, I thought it was on the radio with you guys, when I was in Chicago and one of these security guys turned around and saw Witt walk on the field for the handshake. He was a captain, and his jaw just, like he saw Chewbacca walk by. You know, I'm like, yes, see, that's a real that's guy. A real yeah. human he's, he's human, yes. Doesn't look like it. No. Good he's, football player, too. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the needs that the Rams have in the draft. You mentioned the offensive line. Obviously, Roger Saffold is gone. John Sullivan is gone. So there's two spots there. You mentioned that Allen and Noteboom are guys that they drafted recently who might be able Allen is a center, no boom's a swing guy like you said. Do you go into the draft thinking I got to look at those two positions or do you go in looking somewhere else? You know, unless I'm very very wrong, I think Allen's going to be just fine at center. I think he could have played last year but, you know, Sully just refused to give up, you know, his spot. If Sully missed a rep or missed a game and Allen goes in, I don't think he gets the job back. I think it'll be that much of a difference. He's younger, he's stronger, he's quicker, he's all this. So he's ready to play now. So I think Allen's going to be just fine. And remember, Austin Blythe can also play center. He can play center too. Yeah, yeah, if you've got a problem there, you can also slide him over and you know figure out what you're going to do at guard. But what you don't have, like you said, is that swing guy. Now that Joseph Noteboom is going into the starting lineup, you don't have the backup guard tackle that was a luxury with him. So mm-hmm. I think you need to replenish that ASAP. Possibly two guys. Uh, depth never hurts on the O-line. I would imagine, too, that playing the way that they play, the offense that they run with Sean McVay, that there's some sense of 
rhythm and timing and being a part of that on the offensive line. Because, I mean, we just saw what Jared Goff looked like in his second year in that offense. I would imagine that maybe not quite as dramatic as a difference it would make for a quarterback, but for an offensive lineman, too, to just understand how we're going to go about doing this. And now, all of a sudden, you've got two guys in there that played a little bit last year, but not very much. And you're bringing in new blood. That's going to be an adjustment for the team as well. Andrew Whitworth went out of a game. I can't remember what game it was. Was it versus San Francisco towards the end of the year or maybe Arizona? I think it was San Fran. Witt comes out for a few plays. They put note boom in, and they run a screen to his side, uh-huh. and they score. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, And look, way back when, when Philadelphia was pretty good with Nick Foles at quarterback, uh, when the Eagles were great, you could tell their offensive line from everybody else's. They weren't very big, but they were really, really quick and athletic. I think that's the sort of offense you have here. It's not smash mouth. It's position blocking and get to your area before the defense is ready. You know what I mean? And yep. don't make a mistake. So it's all about above the next up. All right, so as promised, the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams, Les Sneed, is joining us here on Rams All Access in our pre-draft special. Les, how you doing? I'm good. How about y'all? Outstanding. Outstanding. So what's it like? Is it excitement? Is it it anxiety, anticipation? What is it the day before the draft for you? You're calm. We prepared. I, I was talking to Andrew Whitworth earlier. He was like, hey, is this like game day? I said, you know, game day, there's a little more adrenaline involved. But I said it's probably from starting tomorrow night into Friday, Saturday, a little bit like maybe a offensive coordinator. Every now and then you're an offensive coordinator, right? You got this game plan. You're gonna you're gonna call these plays, and then every now and then you're like a defensive coordinator because uh oh, something's gonna have to go not go your way, and you're gonna have to react. But I think it's the preparation that you've done before to allow you to have answers to what happens in front of you. If I was a D coordinator, I'd blitz every other down. That's just me. I'd be nuts. <laughs> so uh, that maybe, maybe, That's the equivalent of trading up. Exactly. You're just trading up. <laughs> I'd be that guy. Eventually you're at one. How many yeah. times have you been asked who you're going to draft? How many times have you been asked that question, just personally? You know, it, the interesting thing, you know who asked that the most of who? me is my mom. Really? <laughs> she yeah, asked and, I go, and she actually thinks that I'm... I go, Mom, I have no clue who's going to be there. And she's like, well, you got to know. And I'm like, we're picking 31. I really don't. So, But I never really tip her off. Yeah. You know, I kinda, even with my mom and even with my my teenage son, I, you know, I Well, if mom don't know, I don't have a prayer. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if, if mom's on the yeah. outside, what, what chance do the rest so, of us have? So with your scouts and everyone, do you run drills like in practice? Okay, if this guy is gone, then we go here. If this guy's gone, then we go here. And you must change the board 30 different times. Yeah, I think what really what we've done in that area is at 31, right, we've got this pool of players, and let's say one thing you say, okay, let's trade back. But you always have to pray, okay, we're we're stuck. We Let's say we want to trade back, can't. we got to pick. So I've said, well, one thing we can do is maybe do the thing that year where you just don't pick and people jump you, and then <laughs> – and then, it and didn't then work I'm like, out great for Minnesota. On, on Friday night, I'm like, is people going to start jumping us again? And so I said, that's probably not in it. So you have to go, okay, who's our favorite player? Okay, we'll pick him if we get stuck. Uh, who's the next one if he's not there? And the next one and the next. So you always have to – that's the scenarios you play. I do think once you start getting in the second and third, you need to have a clue what pool of players you're picking from there. But it's very hard in that area to let's go. We got to get one player because now you're, you're, you're those are tough, tough, tough to you know. Let's call it real in one player out of those sixty uh, so picks in the second, third round. Rams general manager Les Sneed joining us. And Les, obviously, you know, for football fans, I, I think most of us 
We get caught up in the TV show that's tomorrow night, and we're excited to see who goes in the first round. A lot of the names that maybe people that aren't diehard college football fans, you're going to recognize a bunch of those names that come off the board yesterday. But as a general manager, are you, are you looking to, to get more value in, in all the stuff that maybe we're not paying as much attention to, those rounds three through six and in the picks that take place at that point? Well, it is. Uh, I, I had a chat uh, Saturday morning with Kurt Hertfried because they're doing – the ABC college football, uh, you know, they're bringing that college football flavor uh, to their draft program. And I said, I, I said, please tell me y'all aren't doing it on Saturday as well. And he's like, no, we're, we're Thursday and Friday night because once you get to Saturday, there's quality there. Uh, there's going to be players that are going to help in roles, but it, it's it's definitely probably not, uh, let's call it must-see TV, but I do think in the second and third round, even into that fourth, th- that pool of players, there's not a lot of difference between them. A lot of teams may see a player as a fourth rounder, another as a second rounder, and it's all based on scheme, fit, need, and, and things like that. So that second, third round, very, very important. I've had like 15 fans sell me on picks already. I think a guy told me he sent you a letter that he wants you to draft this guy. Like X, Y, and Z. So did he, he tell you back. that? Play? Yeah, he told me the name. Did yeah. you write it down? I did write it down. I don't want to say the name out loud. You've heard it. You've heard You've the name heard before. It. Well, give me a, what? a hint. Mean, well, he's a running back. There. A we'll running a, back. A running there. back. With an ACL problem. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a lot of demand for that. A lot of demand yeah. for that right now. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of people have been coming up talking about what we need and all this type of stuff. But how would you describe how you feel right now coming off the Super Bowl? I mean, you were there. You made the Super Bowl. Obviously, you didn't get the result you wanted. And here we are about to pick tomorrow in the draft. So how do you feel about going into this year coming off of last season, if that makes any sense? I think the, the what makes sense is – We've lived through the build. Uh, we've we've enjoyed the breakthrough, and now we're in this phase where we want to sustain. And that, I'd rather be here than living through the build. You were around some of those years, uh, and sometimes there, there's some pain involved in that. So, so th- what's neat about this draft, and probably any draft, there's no player we're drafting tomorrow night that's going to help us win the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. But what this crop can do in the future just like a lot of those players on that field at super bowl 53 uh they were drafted previously but over years of development they helped us get to that moment and a lot of these players we draft tomorrow night are going to help us continue sustaining rams general manager les sneed joining us on rams all access how fast does it move less i mean we're watching it as a television show but as somebody that do i move up do i move down do i pick do i okay the guy i wanted is gone how, how quick is it happening i mean it's just minute to minute where you're changing strategies and moves or is it is a little more stable and, and and just deliberate than that i think i think thursday night is 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 a, li- a lot more deliberate uh, with the 10 minutes people taking their time the early part of the draft goes a little bit slower as it gets closer to us you know, you'll, you'll start seeing people aren't taking their 10 minutes. It'll get a little faster. And I do know when you do get on the clock and you got 10 minutes, and if there is trade calls coming in, in those 10 minutes, you may have to take three or four calls, analyze the deal, end of the day maybe agree on the deal, get that paperwork sent to, uh, let's call it the NFL personnel department, which will be stationed in Nashville, 
both teams had to agree, and then you got to. And then you, I know this: the shot clock's going down, and I'm sitting there going, "Hey, we got this thing done yet?" So, wow, wild. I mean, it's like Saturday; it gets yeah. down to three minutes per pick, and that's that's that that's guy. chaos. Yeah, I'll take that that's, guy. Is it like you, throw me one more pick, and you got a deal, or? Like stuff like that when you're talking to other teams? There's a lot of smart people, math people, that, that have built these algorithms and point charts. And, oh, and, and we've blown away the old Jimmy Johnson chart. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's kind of old school Dallas Cowboy, Oklahoma State. Good, smart stuff. We built the foundation. But so what happens is you, you kind of know from case studies of the past what might be a fair value. I can say like anything, if – you got a piece of real estate that more than one person wants. Guess what? Probably going to get a little more. Up. You know, you're asking for this. Next thing you know, holy cow, we got a little bit more than we we thought. But it's all it all depends on demand of the real estate. Rams general manager Les Snead. Les, appreciate you stopping by. Thank hey, you so much. I appreciate y'all having tomorrow. me. You got it. All right, thanks. Definitely, much. you got it. So, I mean. I, what he was talking about, too, the preparation of the whole thing has to be so important. It, it, we were talking about it this morning on the morning show, and it's, it's almost like taking a test in school. If I've been to every class, if I've read the book, if I've listened to the lectures, and I took decent notes, I'm fine. Right. I'm good. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the test is coming up. I'm, I, I, I know, at least got to be. I know, I know what I need to do. I, right. I know these guys. I've looked at everything. I know what's coming up next. It's the guys that, you know, oh, I, haven't look, I haven't opened the book. I haven't been in that class in two weeks. you got two, two nights to get ready for this test where you make all sorts of crazy mistakes and the thing breaks down. And, and listening to Les say, it's like, look, we've done our work. We're ready to go. No doubt. I mean, look, I have a CPA that does my taxes. I have a guy that works on my life insurance. I have a financial advisor, right? But at the And they give me a bunch of information. I mean, a lot of good stuff. This is what I pay them to do. But at the bottom line, when I have to make a choice, I have to go with my gut. I'm going to yeah. take everything you said, all this information that you've worked hard on, but... When I have to make a choice, I'm going to go with my gut. I love this. I don't like that. I like this guy. I'm taking him. Sean McVay is going to join us coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Also, Robert Woods and Joe Johnson, or John Johnson. John Excuse Johnson. Me. John Johnson is going to join us Probable a little snub. bit later on. Uh, Joe Johnson was the uh, shoeless Joe. Or that shoeless was Joe Jackson. Joe I'm getting Jackson. them all confused. Joe now. Johnson played basketball, Who was the right? guy that was the singer in the 80s? There was like a Joe Jackson Joe, then, too. So yes, Joe Jackson. very confusing, Marco. Yes. Look, it's, it's, the, it's pre-draft. We'll have it all I'm ironed out by the time we get to the start of the season. We'll be, we'll be ready to what go. What song was that? It was always on MTV. Yeah, it was non-stop yeah non-stop yeah, yeah i can see stepping out stepping out there we you go been stepping out yeah there we go see into the night <laughs> um i'm hoping that you're going to be the first one that's going to make me feel better about this what todd Gurley's knee okay because i haven't heard anything from anybody that makes me feel super great that he's 100 percent at the end of the season now at the beginning of the season there isn't like yeah you know he's working on it it doesn't it feels better than it did no one said hey look he had a problem we got it fixed we're good to go right it is what it is i mean you saw it everybody saw it the, the nfc championship game the super bowl towards the end of the year i mean there's an issue there obviously so i mean look you know how football is i mean you don't want to give out that bulletin board material or any sort of inside info so from Todd all the way up to the head coach, he's fine. But use your eyes. You know what's right. happening. So, But then go back and look at Todd Gurley at the beginning of the year. And this was a running back-led football team. As a matter of fact, Todd Gurley was the first MVP candidate on this football team. Mm-hmm. He was the guy we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And then it became Jared Goff. And then it became Aaron Donald. But, I mean, when Todd's healthy, he's a monster. He's tough to stop. You can't stop him on the ground. And he's he can catch it out of the backfield. But...
towards the end of the year, the knee got dinged, and you can't tell me different. Uh, if if it's, if he's not health, if he's not hurt, then why isn't he in the game? Why is right. C.J. Anderson taking carries? I mean, it is what it is. You know I, what it is. I get that part. That yeah. part. That part isn't the part that had me kind of scratch my. It, it's the here we are. It's the end of April. And no one said, oh, you know, he had this. It got cleaned up, and he's ready to go, and he's, he'll be 100%. There's rumors about arthritis and all this other stuff, and I just worry about it being some sort of chronic thing. And then you start worrying about going into the draft. Like, is that a position that you need to address? C.J. Anderson is gone. They re-signed Malcolm Brown, so he's obviously going to be back. But do you go into the draft thinking, you know what? Because that position in particular, I mean, Todd Gurley is kind of the exception went high in the first round when they picked at him, but there's a lot of value at that position deeper in the draft. No doubt. I mean, look, John Kelly's still on the roster. Justin Davis is still here, so there's some guys that still have something to prove, and I think you're down to it's it's make or break for Justin Davis. Mm-hmm. So whenever he takes his next carry, it's going to have to be gangbusters. John Kelly's a the guy they liked coming out of college; he can catch it too. So there's depth here, but if you see a guy in the draft, like you said, and you can find a spot for him, absolutely, and definitely after the draft, I bet you're going to load up on free agent guys because the one thing you need to do. Uh, to to help Todd Gurley be as special as he can be all season long is spell him, yeah. Especially in preseason or at the end of mop at the end of uh, blowout games, if you can get him out and rest him for a quarter and a half, I think you're going to have to do that. It's all about maintenance for him at this point. So the last two seasons, Todd Gurley has led the league in yards and in touches. He had 658 touches and nearly 4,000 total yards in the last two seasons. Led the league both years. Does he do it a third year in a row or what you're talking about right there, that maintenance, that making sure that – because, look, if the Rams are anything like they've been in the last two seasons, there's going to be a couple of games where halfway through the third quarter, that thing's over. Yeah, it's it's going to happen to everybody at some point with the exception of offensive line who have to play every single snap. At some point, they're going to walk to Aaron Donald and say, look, I need you to play a little bit less because if you play a little bit less, you're going to be dominant that much longer. Same thing with Todd Gurley. You're, you're going to have to accept 100 less touches or yeah. 100 less rush attempts or whatever. We're going to have to give you a true backup that carries the football in games in key situations. You're going to have to sit here and watch because we need you healthy for 16 weeks. We need you healthy for four quarters of 16 weeks. You know what I mean? We can't afford to have you out. So, obviously, the draft tomorrow, they're going to get some college players that are going to come in. They're going to sign some uh, undrafted free agents at the back end of the draft, and those guys will come in. But they made some moves during the offseason as well. Let's talk a little bit. About Clay Matthews and some of the other guys that they brought in. What are your expectations? Because he's, I mean, look, he's been a great NFL player in his career. In Green Bay, he was one of the marquee guys in the league. He's a star by any measure. How much football does Clay Matthews have left? You know, I talked to uh, a, a former NFL umpire, the guy that calls holding. He yep. used to be behind the line of scrimmage, now he's in front. But he gets more requests about Clay Matthews, about having stuff on his jersey, than anyone else in the league, and he never does. It's just tough to block him. You can't get your hands on him. You know what I mean? Yep. And even if you do, he just slips off. He's just that good. So, you know, look, he's born in it. He's uh, Look, his his roots go back to the 50s. Yeah, it, grandfather, dad, uncle, they all played a long time. So he's brought up in this, like McVay. He's been brought up in football. So, you know, I don't think he can give you an every down, you know, outside linebacker play anymore. Even in Green Bay last season, he was part of a rotation. But when he's in there and it's third and a mile or – third down to win a game to get off the field, I bet 
he'll he'll be the first or the second guy to get to the quarterback and affect the play. Yeah, he, he's I mean, still got a lot of juice left. He's been a remarkable player throughout his career. Talking about his uncle, I mean, played nine hundred years in the NFL yeah. on the offensive line. Did I tell you the story? I had to go block his uncle oh, okay. here in LA in nineteen ninety four, and I ran up behind him right, yeah. and I got to his face, and I said, "Man, how old are you?" <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, from behind, he looked like like he was twenty five, and I'm like, "Good lord, how old are you, man? Wow, there's some well, old dudes out here." Bruce Matthews played into his forties, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was around a long time. Oh, my God. I, th- th- look, Ray Agnew, he's, uh, I think he's the director of pro personnel for the Rams. He was the nose tackle. I had to play Bruce Matthews in the Super Bowl. I said, Ray, you got him. I'm going to the other side. Yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> I wanna, over here. I'm going to make some plays today. Probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Sean McVay is scheduled to join us here in just a little bit on Rams All Access during our pre-draft special here at the Hollywood Palladium. And Sean McVay is working his way over in just a little bit. And, he, you know, we talk so much about the guys that are, are going to come into the team and the guys that are leaving the team and there's turnover. Turnover on the staff, too. Two of his assistant coaches are now head coaches in the league. He's got some turnover in his own ranks. I, I would get used to that yeah. if I'm him. I yeah. mean, look. That Sean McVay shine, it, it works for players and it works for coaches as well. So, look, I mean, you're going to hemorrhage good players and good coaches when you're this good. You know, if you can't pay guys, you're going to lose them to free agency. Uh, when when you win uh, the NFC Championship and you score 30 points a game, you're probably going to lose a lot of guys on your offensive side of the football. Uh, when your defense starts to come around, that's going to happen as well. So it happened to Baltimore. How many head coaches came out of that one Baltimore run? A right. thousand? I mean, that's that's how it goes. But, I mean... You have to coach them up just like you coach your players and expect that these guys are going to move on at some point. So let's go back to some of the other additions that they had as well. Uh, We talked about Clay Matthews. What about Eric Weddle? This is a guy that spent a long time in San Diego, had a good year for the Ravens last year as well. Now he's coming to L.A. Smart with his body, man. I mean, smart player. He's always where the ball is, you know, and that's what you love as a safety. Sure tackler. But what I like about him is... He doesn't just throw his body around needlessly. Yeah. I can't stand when guys do that. I mean, you shorten your career, you miss tackles, you hurt other people. You know what I mean? If there's a hit to take, he's going to take it. But if it's time for a routine tackle, run the guy out of bounds, and you know, let's live to fight another down, he's that guy. So very smart, very heady. I don't think you lose much uh, when you lose LaMarcus. I mean, you're going to lose some thump, but as far as overall knowledge of the game, Weddle's great. Tell, tell me if I'm wrong, DeMarco, but I, you know, obviously you got to be a great athlete to be out there. It's not a sport for guys that are, are, are a step slow. But I would think at that position in particular, having some institutional knowledge of how this league works, of knowing where to be and when to be there, is almost as valuable as anything else. Just having that experience of being in that league for that long at that particular position. And when you're accountable and you're a smart guy and they can trust you, you can... You can have a little leeway with your alignment. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, London Fletcher was a guy when he played mm-hmm. for the uh, the Redskins. Smaller guy. Now, he's playing middle linebacker, but he's playing like eight yards off the ball. You can't even see him on the tight copy on TV, right? He just backs up a half step because it helps him. Weddle's the same way. If he knows he's got burners on the outside, he can't run with these guys, he's going to back up and still play his responsibility, and the defense isn't going to miss a beat. So, uh, what do you call that when guys are just uh, crafty? Savvy. Savvy. Yeah. He's a very savvy safety, and he's also athletically, athletically gifted. S- savvy hey. and experienced are the two words that come up as well. All right, as promised, the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay, is joining us here on Rams All Access and our pre-draft special. And we were talking with Les a few minutes ago, Sean, about getting ready for tomorrow. Is it a little bit like taking a test in college where if you've done all your work leading up to the final, you feel pretty good about it? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think there's been... Like you said, there's been a lot of work done, uh, a lot of thorough vetting of these players and 
contingency planning, so you know we don't know exactly how the first 30 are going to play out, but we feel really good that no matter how it shapes out, we'll have a plan at 31 or you know whatever ends up uh, happening that we'll, we'll acquire a really good player, whether it's 31 or whenever our first pick is. No doubt. I mean, how do you do that? If you have two or three guys or four guys that you really, really like, you've studied them, you've seen them, you've tested them, they've They've all tested well, and you have to pick one guy. How do sure. you make that choice between three guys you like? You know, I think the thing that makes it a little bit easier, DeMarco, after a couple years, is we are able to have a little bit more specific approach to what we need. Because there is an element of you're always wanting to find the best players available, but it is absolutely specific to the need. Um, you know, if we had the highest rated player at quarterback, I can promise you we're not taking a quarterback because we feel so good about golf. So there's an element to, all right, how do we see these players fit into the framework of our systems offensively, defensively, if they possibly contribute on special teams? And I think where we're at now going into year three, uh, working in combination with Les and his group, uh, we can be really strategic and specific and really kind of tailor it down to where we're able to kind of play the pros and cons of the decision-making process and, and make the best decision for the Rams. Rams head coach Sean McVay joining us. Sean, you mentioned Jared Goff a second ago, and obviously he's coming in his third year playing for you, his fourth sure. year in the league. And the, the jump from year one to two and year two to three was noticeable. He just keeps getting better and better. Should we expect a similar jump in year four? I think so, because the thing that you love so much about Jared is clearly there's the talent to be able to you know, make all the throws, create off schedule. He's an extremely smart, cerebral player. But I think there's a true value in that experience that you can accumulate where you're able to see defensive structures. You know, I couldn't be more excited about, you know, he and I working in combination this offseason about figuring out a way to say, okay, when you look back at last season, some of the things that we could do a better job of, starting with me, all right, when we see these structures again, here's the plays that we want to activate, and here's how we can create that ownership from his point of view uh, to be able to execute and distribute the ball or be able to get us in and out of the right plays. And uh, I think he's continuing to become an extension of the coaching staff day in and day out, and if he does that, uh, it's going to be special as we progress forward. How does this feel? This is awesome. And look yeah. at this, man. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it. You know, you feel so welcomed. You know, this fan base has made you feel so good, really, from the start when you've gotten here, uh, and then it's just continued to grow. And and love living in LA. Love being out here. And and coming to events like this gives you an appreciation for. Uh, the support that we do have and, and makes you want to work that much harder to continue to give them a product they can be proud of. I mean, you, you and Les have built something special. I mean, we were talking, this is the neighborhood you want to live in in the National Football League. <laughs> you know, I, I think that uh, when you look at being out in L.A. and you look at the types of players that you get a chance to come and compete with and some of the things we've been able to do over the last couple years, you know, we're a part of it, but, you know, what these guys are doing on the field and, and being able to produce, and I think the caliber of people that we have, when you look at our players, uh, the way that they play for one another. You know, the one thing that I think we're so proud to just be a part of is if you knew nothing about the Rams and you watch the way that our players compete for one another, they stay consistent through the good, through the bad, they stay connected. That's that's what's special, and, and you know, man, that's powerful. Rams head coach Sean McVay joining us on Rams All Access. And I'm going to do something that I know coaches hate to do, and that's look a little bit forward, Sean. Have you thought at all about what it's going to be like going to that new stadium? We see all the pictures and the videos that come up. Yeah. And we were down there about a year or so ago, got to go down on the field and kind of look at it as it was going up. And now you can see it. You sure. can see what it's going to look like. Have you allowed yourself to kind of think about what it's going to be like to be in that building? Well, I, uh, I jokingly said when we first got here as a coaching staff, you know, they play this promotional video and, 
you get all excited, and then they say, well, you'll be in there in a few years. And I said, if we get there, that means we've done okay, guys. <laughs> you know, this, this league is pretty volatile. So, uh, you know, we got we got to produce this year. But I think when you, when you look at what it's going to be, the commitment that Mr. Kroenke has made to making this the most special thing that we've ever seen. Uh, there's nothing quite like it. And I don't think I can even appreciate the entirety of it until it's actually there. You know, I'm not that smart in terms of being able to envision it. But as you start to see it come together, you're exactly right. It, it's exciting, and it's something that I think is going to be a really special place, um, you know, for us to be able to compete and hopefully do our thing in front of a lot of great fans. Well, I know you. Everything's important when it comes to winning a, a football game on Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday, whenever you play. But when you got the schedule... Is it the who or the where? Does the where factor in or more than the who you're playing? You know, honestly, DeMarco, it's it's game one. It's it's who do we open up with. And, um, you know, you do want to have a, a big picture perspective of how you navigate it specific to how you travel and things like that. But the only thing that matters for us right now is let's produce in the present. Let's get better this offseason. Let's have a great, a great training camp. You know, we've gotten an opportunity where hopefully we're going to be able to finalize the chance to be able to practice against the Chargers a couple times go compete against the Raiders, and, and that work will be invaluable for us, uh, all geared towards being at our best by the time we kick off at Carolina and, and hopefully figuring out a way to put ourselves in a position to start 1-0. and Sean, what's it like to have a coaching tree in your early 30s? Uh, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I don't have a coaching tree. I've, I've worked with really good coaches, and, you know, I, I think the thing that's been special about the last couple years here is we have a lot of people that are committed to doing things the right way, moving in the same direction. We've been able to produce, and the beautiful thing about the NFL is when we succeed as a team, it ends up leading to great things for a lot of people. And, and I know this, guys like Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor, we wouldn't have had the success that we've had in L.A. if it wasn't for them. So they've been a huge part of that success. That's going to require guys to step up in Zach's absence that we do have a lot of confidence in. Uh, but it's a reflection of the Rams' success. And, you know, I feel fortunate because I, I learned as much from them as they did from me, uh, being able to work with them. And, and I'm excited about rooting for them unless we have to play them, which we'll play Zach <laughs> next year. And you never know if we have to see Matt. I hope so, right? Yeah. You hope so at some point. Yeah. You know, uh, look, I love to answer questions. You know this. I got the question I couldn't answer. How does Aaron Donald improve? How does he get better? Yeah. You know what came to mind? What would you say? Score. Yeah, that's I, the only I, thing you haven't done. You know what the best thing about about him, Demarco, is is I've heard this said before. Whether it was Greg Popovich or even Brad Stevens, all the best ones want to be coached. And uh, the first thing you ask Aaron after a post game interview, you talk to him. All he's talking about is what he could have done better, even after a four sack game, an elite performance. No doubt about it, he was a defensive player of the year. Um, but he'll be the first to tell you there's some subtleties and some things that he can do where. He's not great, uh, you know, the majority of the time he's great every single play. And you never know when that person is watching Aaron Donald for the first time. And what are you putting on tape every single snap? And the thing you love about him is uh, all the great players that I've ever been around, you know, are intrinsically motivated, and he's as intrinsically motivated where you don't have to push him. He wants to be great. He wants to have that feedback. And guys like him are why you love coaching. And I, I would say this. Um, it's about producing every single play, whether that be in the run, playing the backside B-gap with flow away, continuing to create penetration, having an above-the-neck understanding of what to anticipate based on the formation, what the intent of the defensive call is. This will be fun, man. And I'll, you know what? I'll bet you I'll bet you he plays even better next year. 
Better than Hard he did this year. I Hard wow. to do. Okay. I'm betting on Aaron Donald getting better because of the type of human being he is and the talent. <laughs> Look out. Sean McVay <laughs> joining us. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of NBA coaches there a second ago, and I'll steal a, a term that they use in their league, load management. DeMarco and I were just talking about yep. Todd Gurley. He's led the league in touches and in yards the last two years. Is that something that you think about going into the season, like managing a player that's obviously an incredibly important part of what you guys do and making sure that he stays as fresh for as long as possible. Yeah, and, and I think here's the thing that I would say about that. Uh, you know, I rely on the people that are the experts. Number one, you talk to Todd, and he's able to communicate how he's feeling. And then if that is a situation where you're getting advice uh, from a perspective where they're able to say, all right, this is going to be better served over the course of the season and really over the course of his career, that's definitely things we want to take into account. Now, as a coach, I'm selfish, and I know when the ball's in Todd Gurley's hands, good things happen. So he's definitely demonstrated that he's been the first-team All-Pro running back the last two years because of the production that he's had, whether it be running the football, through the pass game, and then he does a great job in protection as well. So I know this. Todd Gurley's a special football player. We always want to be smart with how we're managing our players. Uh, And if some of those things are brought to our attention, number one, from the player or from people that are experts in that arena, we'll always follow that advice. But I know he's in a great place right now. He's feeling good. And and the goal for us is let's have a long-term view of getting him ready to go so he can peak when we open up at Carolina as well. I'm excited to see Weddle in a Rams uniform. I'm, I'm excited to see Clay Matthews in a Rams uniform. I'm more excited that Andrew Whitworth is still in Rams. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's it's incredible. And you know what's unique about him is uh, he's got such a great way about himself. But I would argue that over the last two seasons, his last five games were his most productive games as a Ram. He really turned it on when we finished up with Arizona and San Francisco and then the three-game stretch we had in the playoffs. Uh, played at an elite level, was really productive in both phases. And I think just the way that, uh, you know, he did his thing both on and off the field in terms of the way that he's influencing and affecting his teammates in a positive way, uh, really excited. And I think, you know, he said to me right after, I would know if I was done. And, uh, you know, I still want to be a part of this thing. I still feel like I have a lot to give. Uh, I, I still think there's things that, that, you know, kind of is an unfinished element of business. But, um uh, Special guy, man. Couldn't be more fortunate to work with him. Good news. Good yeah, news. Yeah, real good absolutely. news. The head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay. Sean, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, it. Guys. Appreciate it very much. It. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine in his seat you hear that Andrew Whitworth is coming back. That is very, yeah. very good news. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I, I would know if I'm done, and I'm not done. Yeah. I want to keep playing football. I, like you said, can you imagine Aaron Donald getting better? No. Better than what you just saw. Well, like, And I loved your question, but... To do what? <laughs> right. You know, he had to 20, get 21 and a half. 20 and a half sacks. Yeah. He was unblockable. He, I mean, he took over games as a defensive tackle. I mean, I, I like the concept of always striving to get better, but it's like, well, what, Mike Trout's going to get better. At what? <laughs> right. You know, what do you, what do you want him to do? Right. You want him to pitch? <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, it's like at some point you're the best at what you do, and that's that. Yeah, you've seen Aaron's videos, his yeah. workout videos. It's incredible. I mean, I mean, look, this is what every defensive tackle wants to look like and be like. You just, it's just hard to get that way. It's just hard to work that hard, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. 
He's 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 an extraordinary yep. talent. You're listening to Rams All Access, our pre-draft special. DeMarco Farr and Travis Rogers. We're here at the Hollywood Palladium. Robert Woods and John Johnson are going to join us coming up in here in uh, just a little bit. We've spoken with Les Snead. Of course, you just heard Sean McVay right there. And I, look, that's you, you've spent a lot more time around him than I have. That's probably the fourth or fifth time I've sat with Sean McVay and had. I want to run through a wall when I'm done talking to that guy. And yeah. then, and DeMarco, you've been around me a little bit. That's not my default setting. Right. My default setting is not a, hey, let's go get, you know, that's not my deal. That guy turns me into that guy. I can't imagine what it's like, especially as a football player that is physical, that is emotional, that is built about passion. And to have that guy leading your team has to be extraordinary. You know, I, I asked him about that. Is it, is it the eyes? Because he's looking right through you. Yes, he is. But his voice is like speaking to your soul. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you can't hide. And when you see him talk to his players, you know, when no one's around and he's trying to get the best out of these guys, like he's not always a nice guy. Yeah. You know, we talked about this on the show with you. You know, he's done being your friend. Yeah. Right now I have to be your coach, which means you're not going to like me, but you're going to like the results that you get because of how I coach you. But... You know, he's very positive. Look, you're better than this. We're going to do this. I saw you in college. You can do X, Y, and Z. I mean, you're better than most of the guys that are out there playing right now. It's everything that you need as a player to be motivated, to be confident, and to be prepared to re- uh, prepared and ready to play against any opponent. You know, we've talked a little bit. You, you asked Sean about the schedule, and the Rams' schedule... For the defending NFC champions, you look at the totality of it, it's not too bad. Like, the collective record from a year ago, these teams, is actually under 500. It's the 27th easiest schedule relative to one loss from a year ago. Now, that means virtually nothing because these teams turn over. Part of it is because the division, you have two teams in division that aren't very good. Right. You get them twice. So that's a big part of it as well. Unless but, they take Kyler Murray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's change. a little bit of a different, right. <laughs> a little bit of a different story. But you look at what they have. They open at Carolina. Not an easy place to play. You got to go deal with Cam Newton right out of the chute. It's on the other side of the country. It's an early start. I know that that's a big deal for a West Coast team going east and getting that early start. And then week two, you got New Orleans, Rematch of the NFC Championship game. I'm so happy that game's here. Oh, oh, for sure. Can you imagine going back to that place after that non-call? Oh. I mean, that turned, a... into, that turned into soccer like in Brazil. <laughs> I, I'm serious. This is dangerous after an own goal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, and then, of course, you get Cleveland at Cleveland, Sunday Night Football, the first of five primetime games for the Rams. And, you know, th- so you're at Carolina, at Cleveland, and you've got New Orleans at home. Those are your first three games of the season. That's a tough start. That is, I mean, the, the only thing I can't predict right now is how Cam Newton's going to be. Yeah. Right now he's not throwing, he's got the shoulder problem, but if he's out there, he's a problem. The last time we saw Cam Newton, he drove down the field and beat you. Yep. Here in L.A. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's tough. So, and then... You got New Orleans, that's the rivalry, that, that rematch, and you know Sean Payton's not going to forget anything. No. So that's that's going to be a barn burner. And Cleveland is a completely different football team, if you ask me. I mean, oh, yeah. they are the it team so far. They've, like the Rams won the offseason, I think they kind of won it with that trade for OBJ. So that's going to be a little bit different going into that matchup, but... It's going to be hard, yeah. I want to get to uh, Cleveland for sure, but go back to New Orleans for a second yeah. because it feels like, you know, we've had great rivalries in this league for a long time. We know the classic one, the Cowboys and the Giants and the Bears and the Packers and all these things, but they go through cycles too where you have the Cowboys and the 49ers competing for the NFC Championship game. You've got the Packers and the 49ers right. competing in, and it feels like that we're at a point where the Rams and the Saints, because this goes back to when 
Greg Williams and Jared Goff and 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 Jeff Fisher in the preseason game last year, where there was always these little oh even oh, beyond the, yeah, yeah there's a little something when Hazlitt was there Hazlitt yeah, Hazlitt and March went at it everything yeah. about this feels like that it's not just. Uh, an important game because there are two good teams in the NFC, but it's a little bit of you know what? Watch this. Yeah, it's a, it's an old <laughs> rivalry. There's yeah. the, it's, there's a bunch of not like there. So I mean, it's right. going to be tough to 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 beat New Orleans. That's always tough to beat them. But Sean Payton strikes me as the type of guy. If he were a major league pitcher, he's the guy that throws behind you. Yes. For a bat flip five years ago, <laughs> you know he just doesn't let it go. So I mean. They're going to have something for you. The teams match up well, but thank God that's going to be here. At least you have the benefit of crowd noise. Yeah, and then, of course, you mentioned Cleveland. and Cleveland went from winning one game in two years, three games in three years, to winning seven games last year and was in the playoff hunt right down to the end of the line. Like you said a minute ago, Odell Beckham Jr. all of a sudden is a member of that team. They've got a very good defense. They've got a quarterback that has that little X factor, whatever that is. He seems a little swag, a little edge, whatever. That's going to be a fascinating game, a Sunday night game in Cleveland against a team that may be really good and maybe not. We don't know yet. He's the new Phillip Rivers. He's the guy that talks trash at quarterback. He's that good. Uh, Miles Garrett is a Mm. terror. Mm. They've got Olivier Vernon, and I think they signed Sheldon Richardson. So that's a completely different unit coming at you, and you have to go to their house. So uh, it's it's like you said, it's it's a matchup of the new school guys because at ten years from now, it, it might be Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield competing for Super Bowls against and Tom Brady. Brady. And t- <laughs> ten years from now, he might still be playing. But I mean, look, I, I think he played better Baker Mayfield than most people thought. Yeah, I don't think anybody thought he was going to be that good that soon. You mentioned Kyler Murray a minute ago. Obviously, we're here. We're getting ready for the draft, which is tomorrow. Do you think Arizona might take him at one? Wow. You know, all the smoke says yes. Um, it, it seems like Rosen is the odd man out. And he's, look, Murray is know if he's any good or not. I mean, he was on the worst team in the league. I've seen bad quarterbacks. I don't think he was the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be too soon to give up on that guy. But it was a previous staff, a different coaching staff. This is a different era. And you have a shot to get Kyler Murray, which... It's like Michael Vick jumping on the scene again. I mean, he's the fastest guy on the field, and he's a quarterback. That's always dangerous. Good center fielder, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can play a little baseball one way. Who do you think is the best player in the draft? Because last year it was it was pretty well assumed that Saquon Barkley was the best player in the draft. He didn't go number one. He went number two. But he was the best player in the draft, according to most people. Is there that guy this year? Is for it me, Nick Bosa? For me, Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams. Yeah, I mean, you line him up anywhere – from the B gap on, he, he's going to be dominant. I mean, for whatever, what Aaron Donald's giving you, I mean, he may not make the plays, may not be 20 sacks, but he's a disruptor. He causes chaos. I mean, it's he will disrupt everything you're trying to do on offense strictly with his get off, and he's got great hands. So I think watching him play and watching everybody else, he's the best player in the draft to me. Now, that may not mean he goes number one because quarterbacks go number one, yeah. but to me, he's the best guy out there. There's- Nick Bosa, I like. I just don't like that he quit on his team. You know, I wonder if that doesn't become, and hopefully not, because I'm a college football fan the same way that yeah. you are. Hopefully, but those guys that are, because it started, you go back, Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey and these guys that just, you know, and it was a bowl game. I'm going to set out the bowl game, and now it's just backing up and backing up and backing up. And, and intellectually, I get it, that if I've got a lottery ticket that's waiting for me, all I have to do is not get hurt and just stand here and wait. 
okay, it makes sense. But right. emotionally, it's like, well, that sucks because number one, I want to watch him play. Number two, his teammates want to watch him, you know, be out there with him. They want to win games with him. And I would think that even at his core, like Bosa wants to play football. Do you remember a guy named Russell White? Sure. When he was at Cal. Cal. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, Keith Gilbertson left us. Uh, or he was our offensive coordinator. Left us and became head coach at Cal. He lost that football team when he started to treat Russell Wilson, uh, Russell, uh, Russell White, White, as a different guy. Like, they're in spring practice, banging heads. Russell White was in the stands with an umbrella. Mm. You can't do that. No. You know what I mean? So, look, if we're out here banging and you're wearing the same helmet and we're on the same football team, if you can go, you go. It's not about what you have to do at the next level. It's about right now for us. I think that's more important than just about anything. So the good news, taking one more look at the schedule here, is that they only have one cold weather game. That's in Pittsburgh in November. Hey, how you doing? Last time I saw this guy, he was, like, exercising on steps in Thailand. I mean, what are you doing on steps in Thailand? You're supposed to be on vacation, not working out. I'm on vacation. I'm enjoying it. I wake up, Brandon Cooks is like, you ready to work? So, <laughs> get after it, We get right? after We're lifting luggages or running hills. Uh, just getting in right away. Wow. Robert Woods joining us here, Rams All Access. Robert, are, are you ready to play football? I mean, it, it goes from your plan. It's a long season. You guys go to the Super Bowl. I'm sure your body is, is beat up. you got Knicks and, like, everybody else in that sport at the end of the line. How long does it take for you to feel good, ready to go, and, like, let's do this thing? Uh, after the Super Bowl, kind of kind of right away, I felt, I felt good. You know, McVay took care of, the, uh, of his players. Um, felt fresh going into the Super Bowl. So, literally... Felt, felt good. You know, I was able to train a little bit um, by myself going in uh, to the Super Bowl, get a little fine-tuning, I say. Uh, so it took, took a month off, took the nice trip, nice vacation, uh, and then right back to it, kind of get get the speed back, uh, get back in the weight room, and um, we're, we're back together as a team, back training again. John Johnson joining us here as well. John, welcome. And I'll ask you the same thing I asked Robert. How long did it take you to go through a season, a long season, all the way into February, all the way to the Super Bowl, before you said, you know what, I'm ready to start playing football again? Oh, man, I'm still, honestly, <laughs> on this break, I really haven't done anything. I'm, I've been ready to get back and ready to get to work. So, I mean, I'm glad to be back, glad to be with the fellas, and we're ready to go. If you can pick an emotion, I mean, are you, are you hungry? Are you mad? I mean, coming off the last game of the year, how do you feel right now after that game? Uh, experienced. I would say that's the word. I, you know, of course, uh, and driven. Um, really, just just the, just the year itself, just, just taking each week at a time, um, just seeing what it takes from the off-season program to training camp to the season, um, and now we're starting back over. It's kind of just having that same focus and, and refocus, I guess, and just kind of have that same process day by day, step by step, just to to constantly get better each and every day. What did you learn after that game? Oh, man, like I use a synonym to what he said. Yeah. I say we're seasoned. Um, I mean, we had a long run. We knew what it took, and it wasn't easy by any means. But um, like I said, we have that blueprint now. So we just got to go at it, work extra hard, um, and hopefully we can duplicate what we did and get a win this time. Obviously, we're here the night before the draft. We're talking – with John Johnson and Robert Woods. What was it like for you guys going into the draft? You're waiting to hear your name called. You're waiting to get that phone call. What, I mean, is it is it excitement? Is it anticipation? Is every time somebody's walking to the podium, you're thinking, okay, this might be me? What's that feel like? Yeah, you're just trying to, I mean, you're watching TV. You're watching the draft. You kind of see the, the rhythm and the flow of the draft, and you, you really don't care about other positions. You're just looking at your position yourself. Right. You're looking at the receivers. You're seeing who goes. And you're like, all right, this receiver's going, this receiver's going. You know, they got to call my name, got to call my name. So from my experience, I was looking to be late, late first round. 
uh, missed missed the day one, so day two I knew it was coming, and uh, got the got the call from uh, from the Buffalo Bills, and I, I thought I was going to New York City. I was going to the <laughs> no, side. Buffalo's not New York City. <laughs> you know that for sure. What about you, John? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Um, one of my old teammates from Boston College, he literally called me today when I was driving home. He said, hey, "Man, I'm just calling because he said my nerves going crazy because <laughs> he, he he's in a similar position that I am. He's a safety. Um, he's probably going to go third, second, maybe second, fourth round, something uh-huh. like that. So I just had to um, calm him down tell him, you know, you're going to go to the right place. The team that really wants you is going to get you. So um, it's funny that you asked that. That day is, is crazy. Like uh, Robert said, I just watched all the safeties go, come on, come on, come on, keep coming. Keep you guys coming. go to the movies or anything just to get your mind <laughs> off of it? You need to. Yeah, I would do yeah something you really I would need do. to. You got you to gotta start your day uh, <laughs> just whatever you want to do. Enjoy your day, whether it was family, friends, but – just try to try to keep a rhythm, try to keep your nerves calm. And uh, it really doesn't matter um, where you go because, you know, whoever is calling you, they, they truly want you. And um, you want to go somewhere where where the team and other players, you know, are, are, are wanting you as a player, want you to help their team. And be honest, you'll never forget the guys that went ahead of you. No, never. You won't. You never. Won't. You never. know exactly who it is. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Count them out. I can't <laughs> wait to see this guy again. Yeah. Oh, you took him over me? Okay. Let's Absolutely. see. Let's see. Let's see. But, I mean, when that call does come, I mean – what was your first reaction? What was your first thought when you were first drafted? Let's start with you. When that call came, what was your first thought? Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of like my world stopped a little bit, and, I, like, it was just me and my phone. I forgot who was in the room. <laughs> it was just me and my phone. Like I said on stage, I looked. I saw a California number, but I didn't think too much of it because, you know, I didn't know general managers can be from anywhere or whatever. So I picked it up, and they said L.A., and I just – the whole world stopped. I said, me in L.A., like, my personality. So <laughs> I, 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 I was psyched for it. <laughs> How about you, Ruff? Uh, just uh, when you first got that call, when I first got that call, you know, I seen the, I seen the seven one six pop up, and uh, I literally went went to a separate room, um, started talking with uh, Doug Whaley, started talking with the GM, started talking with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, and uh, just just telling they were telling me, you know, from my days playing against them in college, from what they saw on film, they knew that they wanted me as a player, and uh, you just you know hearing hearing that call, you hearing your team want you. Um, E.J. Emanuel went drafted in the first round. I contacted him right away. I knew who my quarterback was going to be. And uh, just seeing, watching the rest of the draft at that point, seeing seeing what the team was going to be like, seeing who we were collecting and, and who we were going to build, and uh, really just getting to know my teammates. I got a text from Fred Jackson, our running back, uh, right away instantly welcomed me to his house, had a, uh, had a, had a cookout, had a dinner at his house, and uh, welcomed all the rookies to his house. So it was really a welcoming environment. We're here uh, for Rams All Access, a pre-draft special. We're talking with John Johnson and Robert Woods. John, I am just fascinated with Wade Phillips. I mean, everybody that plays for him has a story and, a, and, and something about how he says a phrase. Give me your best Wade Phillips story. Um, I'll just say something that he says to us before every game and that, that gives me that peace of mind, you know, that comfort. He always says that his, the mistakes are his. So he just wants us to go out there play freely you know our preparation will carry on into the game so every time he says the mistakes are mine go handle your business i i just get that that calm and collectedness to go out there and execute that's gonna make you mad as an offensive player (laughs) (laughs) really the mistakes are yours huh oh okay (laughs) i mean i I like our team i like our staff and uh, one thing that as big is that we all can communicate with each other um i know they have an open relationship with uh with wade with uh with joe barry we have the same with with um with Sean McVay, with with the Arps, and just just having that relationship going into the game. That I mean, the game is our day. I mean, that's one thing that we say. We we prepare during the week. They're coaching, 
And then Sunday, it's, it's, it's our day. They come in, whatever, they come to serve us up, whether it's water, stretching, some plays, some film, they come to serve us up. And at the end of the day, we're all one. And I, I like that our team is able to communicate and we're all just on, on the same level. Rob, does the offense continue to evolve, or do you just start to understand it better and just understand the nuances of it, or does it continue to change the longer you're in it? Uh, it, it always grows. I think, um, of course, you always, you know, you grow and you understand it more. Um, it becomes, you know, like the back of your hand. But uh, we're always growing, always developing. We're always putting in new plays, always trying to attack new defenses. And that's the biggest thing. You want to be able to grow as a team, grow as an offense. And uh, our thing, we try to make things look similar, but we have to always, you know, add and, and keep adding to our weapons. Robert Woods and John Johnson joining us here. Fellas, thank you very much. Yes, Appreciate thank it you. very much. Good, to oh, good talking with you guys. Right on. So we're just about done here. we got about a minute left, DeMarco, and I'm, I'm ready for football season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah. Good to right. see you, Rob. Thank you so much. we got to get through the NBA, and we got to get through hockey first. Uh, uh, and hockey, then. Yeah, hockey, we can move on. My <laughs> right. team's out. Oh, you're done. You're done. I'm, I'm good. That's I'm so funny. Funny now that the Lakers are out, too. What's that? Hockey is regional. I know. They don't like hockey. They like their team. They like my team. When their team is out, they're done. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Damian Lillard last night. How oh, my that? God. How do you have a step back from 40? Wow. Okay, we were talking about it on the show this morning. That, you let him take that shot all night long, right? Yes. It's a 40-footer. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Get in the space. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, so the Rams got there. So what do you think they're going to do? Are they going to pick at 31 or are they going to trade that pick? Oh, you know, listen to what the Sean need. said made it sound like yeah. they're going to move it. Probably. Probably to get more picks. I mean, amassing picks is the most important thing. But if you have a guy you love, take that guy. 